You are listening to the Think Brick Australia podcast. Think Brick Australia represents the clay, brick and paver manufacturers of Australia. Brick by Brick, our podcast will discuss technical information and architectural case studies with special guests. I'm your host, Elizabeth McIntyre, the CEO of Think Brick Australia. One of the things I love about travelling is that I get to see where bricks are all around the world in some beautiful buildings. But what always amazes me when I travel outside of Australia is how the different brick sizes are represented in other countries. So today we're going to be talking about standard brick sizes and I'm very pleased to welcome back James Liu, who is one of our technical engineers here at Think Brick Australia to discuss standard brick sizes. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Can we just talk around what are the key characteristics of a standard brick size? So a brick has to be not too heavy. It has to be not too big for the mason to pick up. And you have to be able to pick it up with one hand. So it has to be very easily maneuverable and you have to have good mobility when you're picking it up. So it's a little bit like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Not too heavy, not too light, but easy to be able to handle because it is a building product that can be handled by hand and exactly that is how it is laid. If we went around the world, what have been the key influences of brick sizes and how they've come to be? Yeah, so if we go back to looking at the characteristics or the properties of bricks themselves, we know that bricks have a very high thermal mass. And with the dimensions of bricks themselves, we usually see much thicker bricks being specified in much colder climates, such as Russia, such as China, such as Germany even. Uh, The standard brick size in Australia is 230 long by 110 thick by 76 high, all in millimetres. And in China, Russia, Germany, Sweden, they're typically much thicker than 110 millimetres for the standard brick size. China is typically 150 millimetres thick and Russia is 120 millimetres thick. Very, very slight differences, but a difference nonetheless. What about countries like the United Kingdom and the US? Because I noticed that those brick sizes are quite a lot smaller. So in the UK and the US, they're typically smaller, mainly because of the measurement that they measure in. So they use the imperial system. Mm -hmm. And when they use the imperial system, if we size it down, uh, it's typically smaller than our typical 110 millimeter thick brick. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that we looked a little bit back into the history of laying bricks and, and the brick sizes. And I wondered whether you could talk to us a little bit about the brick tax that was introduced by King George III. What was that all about? So in 1784, King George III introduced the brick tax, and this was to help pay for the walls for the American colonies. And the brick tax was chosen due to its material popularity back in the 1700s. And this was originally taxed at two shillings and sixpence per thousand Mm -hmm. bricks. So a lot of the manufacturers had to pay this burden. This value eventually grew over the years and construction and rent became more expensive. On the more extreme case, this caused one of the manufacturers, Joseph Wilkes of Meesham, to produce bricks that were double the normal size to get away from this brick tax. Because I guess they were sort of thinking, well, if we produce larger bricks, then we won't have to pay as much on each brick. So a lot of people were trying to get around it by just increasing the size. And what were they called again? They were called the Jumby Bricks. Jumby Bricks. (laughs) (laughs) Then what happened from that? Yeah, so in 1801, the government saw this little trick and (laughs) they began to limit the dimensions of the brick to 254 long by 127 thick 
by 76 millimeters high. However, the brick tax was finally abolished in the 1850s and the standard brick size returned to its normal size of 215 long by 102.5 millimeters thick by 65 millimeters high. I love the history in this and what motivates people. (laughs) Then we're just going to talk a little bit, James, around the adoption of the metric system. Obviously, we've got the imperial system and then from 1965 to today being the metric system. How did that impact the size of bricks? Yeah, so in the UK from 1824 to 1965, they were using the imperial system. From 1965 to today, they adopted the metric system and that pretty much reduced their brick size overall. And then just some handy tips for a lot of people that renovate old buildings and they're looking to use bricks. What do they need to focus on in terms of the size? So everything that was previously built before 1965, they have to use bricks that use the imperial system uh, and not the metric system or otherwise you'll have irregularly sized bricks during your restoration works. And we don't want that. Absolutely not. (laughs) So look, we talked a little bit around different sizes around the world and the history of that, but let's look at what happens today and how these different sizes can achieve some different effects? Sure. So while Australia has their standard brick size, many architects and designers like to specify different sized bricks to create different architectural effects. There's a lot of variety as well as a lot of flexibility around design. And I think that architects love to experiment and play with those different sizes, heights, thicknesses, as well as lengths. Well, James, I think that we've gone a little bit back in history and I love the journey of the brick and where it's come from just in terms of its own size. I think what history has shown us that because of its thermal mass in countries that relies on brick to keep people warm in certain extreme climates, we've seen that the brick is a lot larger. And then we've also seen the impact of the popularity of brick. And when something's popular, the government's always trying to get onto that. And that's where you've sort of seen the brick tax and then people increasing the size of the brick so they didn't need to pay as much. And then we've also seen now the changes from the imperial system to the metric system and how that's had a different effect on the size of the bricks, particularly here in Australia. It's been fascinating. Truly is an evolution. James, as you know, I love doing other things whilst I'm listening to podcasts. And where can people go just to get a little bit more information about the size of the bricks in Australia and a little bit about the history that we discussed today? Yeah, so we have a range of technical manuals that help explain the evolution of the standard brick size in Australia, as well as some of the different sizes that architects use to create different architectural effects. Thank you, James, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please follow rate and review our podcast. We are always looking for new ways to think brick. If you have an idea of what you'd like to hear about, there's a link in our show notes to let us know.